You're listening to the Sound Girls podcast with Katie and Daria. Today's episode features an interview with Ai Ling Lee. Ai Ling Lee was born in Singapore, where she studied music audio engineering. After two years of mixing and editing commercials and music, she moved to Los Angeles in 1998 to pursue a career in sound design for feature films. Since then, she has worked as a sound designer, re-recording mixer and sound supervisor on a variety of films, including Jojo Rabbit, La La Land, First Man, Deadpool, Wild, Maze Runner and Buena Vista Social Club. Eileen has had the opportunity to work with directors Damien Chazelle, Taika Waititi, Jean-Marc Vallée, Noah Hawley, Wes Ball, Cameron Crowe, Gus Van Sant and Sam Raimi, to name a few. She has been nominated for four Academy Awards for editing and mixing, two BAFTAs, nine MPSE Awards and won a CAS Award for Best Sound Mixing. How are you doing today? How do you feel after hearing your bio read to you? It's okay. Thanks for having me. You're pretty impressive. <laughs> Just a couple of uh, nominations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a few cool directors. <laughs> Just just a few, you know. Who are they anyway? Has anyone ever heard of them? <laughs> yeah, we're so happy to have you. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, No, thank you. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, I'm sure you've been asked this once or twice, uh, but... If you could do us the honor of telling us how you got into audio in the first place and a bit about your roots. So, um, no, growing up in Singapore, um, I guess, you know, we watch a lot of like um, movies, you know, like besides like Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies and stuff. Um, my dad, you know, we love watching Hollywood films and um, my dad was like into, you know, he ha- he's into like uh, those like hi-fi, like home theater sound systems but you know like he had a pretty simple one because you know we're not that well off um, there but um so he had like this surround sound system uh at home when I was growing up and he would own some of these like um Hollywood films in order to take full advantage of the uh, hi-fi sound system so you know um we'd watch like Terminator 2 dozens of times um, over, you know, many weekends in there uh, or, you know, Jurassic Park and stuff. So, you know, I watched along with him and um, from it, you know, I was just gradually like, you know, obviously I love all these films and um, even though, you know, for my dad, no, English is not his first language. He doesn't really quite understand English, but, you know, just all of that, you know, he still really enjoyed it and, you know, gets the gist of the film and being, like, absorbed into the story and the environment. And for me, you know, I just gradually, like, kind of noticed, like, um, besides what I was seeing and, and you know, obviously the score and stuff, um, I did feel like um, the sound did kind of brought me into the environment or even, you know, if something it seems to be, you know, even if it's like CG, I think the sound kind of helps make it seem more real to me. Uh, and it seems to have the power where, you know, I don't even need to see it. I could just hear it off screen, like, you know, just like the stomping um, of the T-Rex and um, you kind of feel the fear in you, you know. Um, so I kind of 
got me a little bit interested in it and I was just mostly more interested to get into a part of filmmaking and so you know that sound um, was the interesting option for me to you know be a part of the whole you know filmmaking storytelling um, world I guess uh, so yeah so so I just uh, signed up uh, at that time in Singapore there weren't too many like schools that had filmmaking um, majors there weren't any in at their universities there at that time and maybe there was like one major in one of the polytechnics but um, even though I was like able to be admitted into like business school and this and that um, but I just signed up for this like uh, audio engineering school that you know is mostly geared towards music recording um, but I just like started there some and then found an internship job at a post studio in uh, a post sound studio in Singapore um, that does uh, it's called Opus and um, it, that it did mostly like radio TV commercials and uh, also music recording and mixing and stuff kind of like all in and so yeah so so picked up a lot of stuff there um, because you know the, back then you know it was like maybe 1996 or something they were already using Pro Tools and stuff and um, it's a great learning place and so you know I learned a lot of like editing recording mixing but kind of felt like still like to you know work on feature films so um so yeah so just from like you know finding out a way you know to get in touch with maybe some of the people here in you know uh, California um just from like watching movies and observing the end titles to see like you know um the names involved like you know the studios involved the supervisors or whoever of you know my favorite films and um at that time, you know, um, I guess there were emails, but I mostly like I just wrote an actual a letter that I had to mail them out um, to see if to introduce myself and to see if I could visit them and kind of sit in with them just to learn, you know, to see how sound for film are done uh, with them. And uh, I wasn't quite expecting much, but um, just lucked out and uh, quite a few of them responded. Um, so I kind of like gave myself a year to meet people and also attended school and stuff. And um, if I end up finding work after, great. If not, I guess I'll come back to Singapore. But um, so yeah, so, so I came to LA. Whoa. And obviously it went okay. It went pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> just just lucked out just meeting a bunch of um yeah, kind people willing to, you know, share their knowledge and yeah, to try someone out and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So who was like your first like person kind of your LA connection that kind of helped you with your foundation there, like in that first year? I have, um, like, I met a whole bunch of people, you know, it's a lot of names, but, um, you know, I uh, went and um, met with, like, Lon Bender, Wiley Statement, who at that time formed Sound Deluxe, and they showed me around and had me sit in with, like, Dan Ridge, one of the uh, dialogue editors, and, and like, uh, met C.C. Hall at Paramount, who was, like, a head of sound department at Paramount, um, like, you know. Kurt Bellman at Warner Brothers and like long list but um, I eventually you know I found work um, with um, Elmo Weber 
at that time, his company's name is called Guaranteed Media. Uh, that's where we like worked on all, um, all these like Adam Sandler films and some more independent um, films like you know Vin Vendors movies and um, you know James Bernardino movies and stuff. Um, so it was a good mixture of like to me different enough genres, you know, some of the more artsy kind and some more of a commercial box office thing yeah because the adam sandler ones like what was that like that that was pretty early on in your career you said you were cutting backgrounds for like some of those or like the uh rob schneider <laughs> oh yeah the, for stuff. those like adam sandler stuff um uh, i was actually uh cutting more um kind of like almost every everything but you know maybe i may take a reel or two or a couple of, a few of the reels and then other effects editors would take a few other reels. Um, the, the the movies that cut like just like um, maybe like backgrounds only uh, for like a you know, a month or so um, are like maybe later on like Bruce Almighty or something. Um, but for the Sandler stuff, um, we were just basically given the reels and have at it. Yeah. So I would cover everything uh, in terms of effects. Um, everything yeah well I always worry asking questions in about this area because I know literally nothing so I was gonna ask do you mean literal reels or in fact has has your sort of workload how has it changed since then in terms of technology um so basically uh we are still working in reels uh it's just not physical I mean it, it you know, back then it was like maybe like uh, what do you call those beta mm-hmm. tapes? I think you know, voice reel. But we are still working in reels. It's just nowadays we're using like QuickTime files. You know, um, uh, so it's just a way. You know, typically you know a film are like maybe five or six reels um, for a regular feature length movie, and you know sometimes it could obviously it could be longer. So you have more reels so um for me i mean it helps that you know splitting it out so it helps to spread out the workload or in case if there's some picture changes um on the mix stage for example or anything else you don't bog the whole system down you could still work on some other reels while someone else is dealing with updating the picture changes on the other reels and um also, uh, for me right now, because, you know, um, uh, say if I'm supervising, uh, I'm just overseeing the whole film, I'll be working on almost every single reel, but also with the support of a team. And if, um, you know, I'm a sound designer or sound editor, it could be dialogue or effects, even uh, or fully. Um, it depends on the film and the supervisor. So some people may assign like say you know um you would take the odd reels and you take the even reels or some of them may just assign it by like what the strength of the editors are like some people may like cutting vehicles a lot more and so maybe some reels may have more vehicles and you give that to that person all right great thank you for that for that little look into Mm -hmm. uh the daily slog i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um how did you because you were cutting effects mostly in the beginning is that right generally doing sound effects editing oh yeah because i kind of knew that that's what i wanted to do from the offset just because that's what interested me um 
to get into sound for feature films in the first place, the sound design part of it. Um, and when I was like meeting people here in LA and stuff, um, I started learning like, you know, um, like just a sound department, post sound department in general, you know, it's divided into different sub departments. You know, you have like dialogue, ADR, and effects, background, sound design, um, Foley and um, stuff, you know. At that time, when I first came here, most people, I don't know why, but I think it may be just a conventional thing that people do um, is um, everyone thought I would like to be more focused on dialogue editing. It could be because, you know, um, traditionally, there's more women in dialogue ADR editing. Especially back then, there's a lot more uh, men doing um, design, sound design, sound effects yeah, editing. what's with that? So when I came, you know, I, I've learned from some people whom I met um, who, are, who are, like, giving me advice. And when they find out, like, you know, I like to do um, design or effects, um, they are like, you should make it clear to people who you meet sometimes, you know, like, um, what do you like to do? And it also helps that I did, like, with my slight work background from Singapore. So that kind of helped a bit. Um, so, yeah, so, so from, from the beginning, yeah, I kind of made it, like, pretty clear what I want to do. So, and maybe also because with my um, previous work history in Singapore, uh, it was much easier for me to jump, like, almost straight on to do effects editing right yeah so how did you um because i i learned this pretty recently just because like uh from like a film school background people use sound effects editing and sound design almost interchangeably oddly enough is something i've noticed um okay but there is a distinction uh especially when it comes to like official film crediting and so like when did you get to get credited as a sound designer like what was the first door into sound design good question I guess, you know, the difference between the two, I, I mean, they're, they're slowly blurring a little bit, kind of like editing and mixing, you know. There's some gray lines nowadays. Right, because yeah. Of technology. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, you know, um, a sound designer, you know, besides, you know, one of the first description of maybe a sound designer it could be someone who comes up with original sounds, you know, be it like recording an original sound and mani manipulating it or whatever. Or to me, it can also be someone who comes up with like an idea, like a palette, the tone or the style of the sound in that film. Um, that could be, to me, could be also a sound designer. And then for effects editing, um, you know, effects editors are typically would cover like more, uh, like say the vehicles or say the guns or explosions and stuff. But, um, but I think... Since I had been like taking up like um, more responsibilities on some films, um, doing cutting sound effects, and and so it kind of naturally would go into like the design stuff on some scenes, you know, like say on Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, there are some things that I would have done that veers more on the design part of it. But uh, it's just over the years I had also been working a lot with uh, the supervisor Cameron Frankly, and um, I think. My first sound designer credit could be on this movie called uh, We Are Marshall. I think it's a Warner Brothers film, and it's about this uh, football team that a college football team that like most of the players died in a plane crash and how they got back up together. So I guess I kind of like did some design work on like the 
playing crash sequence and all the football. Like sometimes they have like those slow mo design or perspective moments and stuff. So, um, so I worked on all that and and um, Cameron uh, very kindly gave me that credit. And so yeah, I think that's my first sound designer credit. Yeah, and then did it just take off from there? Like that you just like got to do more design stuff? Yeah, I guess so. But like my job was like uh, you know like. I'm given like, oh, hey, you covered this reel and that reel, and so sometimes some reels may have some scenes that require more of a design stuff. So I'll I'll just keep chugging along with that. Um, it's just you know, um, to it's just really nice to have that acknowledgement uh, in terms of with that screen credit. But you know, mostly working as like one of the lead uh, effects person or sound designer on his team, and then then I also. So we, like um, started working elsewhere um, with other teams and stuff and did other design work or yeah and then supervised and so. yeah I was gonna ask when did you start supervising and, and like when did you start mixing oh yeah. I see yeah um so supervising um my first supervising credit um was for this Cameron Crowe directed movie called uh, We Bought a Zoo. I was originally like brought on as a sound designer for it and um, basically like overseeing all the design effects, everything, while the other um, supervisor was mostly um, covering dialogue ADR. But the one of the other main supervisor, uh, he, he got too busy um, with other stuff, other projects. And so um, they were really nice. And at the end of the film, towards the, the later half of the film, actually, sorry, were kind of nice to give me the supervising sound editor, the co-supervising sound editor credit together with um, Millie Iatru. So at that time, I think that was one of my uh, first film that I had worked from the start to the end of the whole project at um, Fox Studios. And John Larson, he ran the sound department there. And, and he was the one who was like, you know, um, were kind enough to, um, yeah, to you know, work together with Millie and to give me that supervising credit. So from that point onwards, I think um, John had been a great um, like proponent for me to supervise more and um, got a lot of um, opportunities there and uh, helped us a lot. Uh, with Millie as well, right? That was your first one with her? Yeah, with Millie as well. And then there's some other movies that I had supervised too that was with John. So uh, it was a mixture, but um, yeah, but some of them are with uh, Millie. Hmm. yeah and um slightly different question what was the first time you were like oh my god i get to work on this like what movie was that or what director was that or um i guess uh, spider-man 2 <gasps> sam raimi version sorry there's so many spider-mans so oh yeah that's true there's loads but yeah that's a good, yeah. good one so toby then is that toby mcguire yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. sam raimi yeah. ones that, yeah. that's that's the one with the doc og and yeah so I guess that that was one of the ones that I was really eager to work on and really excited about. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I think I was working as one of the effects editors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It took several months. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah. 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 And and being on the stage and, you know, seeing how, like, say, the the director works, you know, on the mixed stage. That's a really cool one. Like, so wait, when you're a sound effects editor, do you get to be on the stage? The mix stage or just when you're supervising? It really depends on generally, at least on the films I work on, 
um, that's supervised. So typically, at least, um, you know, you have, say, when I was working as an effects editor, if I'm on stage, typically if I'm one of the lead effects person, then I will be on the stage because, you know, there's always times when, um, when as you're mixing, that will be like, you know, they're like, hey, can we get a sweetener or for, for this explosion or whichever, and then you just... Do What's, the a ads. Uh, sweet- What's a sweetener? What's a sweetener for an example? Oh, say, say a sweetener <laughs> for anything. Like, um, just a, te- a term that we use. Like, say, um, you already have an established sound, say, for this explosion, but maybe it needs uh, more of a kick, like a low uh, oomph to it. Mm-hmm. By the time you play yeah. on the mix stage with everything, maybe, you know, maybe some things may have changed. Or maybe you, need, you wanted some more of a, uh, a screech element to it or something that you find on stage mm. oh yeah this is not quite working as well maybe you know it needs something and so um the effects editor or sometimes in some situations would be the supervising sound editor would edit those in and provide them to the mixers so and then same thing for um uh, the dialogue adr side uh it is sometimes just the supervisors or it can sometimes be um, the the main you know dialogue or ADR person um, who in case you know things like oh um, that's this dialogue line oh um, can we find a better performance of say an alt take of say um, part of the sentence you know then they will search it or ADR they they may go you know can we find a different performance and they'll find a different performance uh, of that loop line and provide it to the mixer cool yeah thank you yeah. see isn't it cool daria oh uh, yeah i just <laughs> don't you want to be a sound editor no, i just want to <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm just really nosy and i want to know what like what all this is like you know so thank you for all the inside info oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like do you, you like being on the stage like did you find it really exciting in the beginning it's a lot of inside time. Well, no mm. sun. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I do, I do like to being on because, because um, you know, you get to see everything being put together. You know, like you know, you you get all the you know final score music and like cleaned up dialogue and like ADR and then all the sounds uh, that you have worked all those months to be put in and be played in like sometimes in a room that's like a size of like a you know pretty good sized movie theater size room the sound the big screen uh it's just all coming together um so i do yeah I, i do enjoy that and and also to see you know the working relationship like with say the filmmakers like with the picture editors or um the directors when they're on the stage and um how they would react to you know when some sounds are, you know, being played together and, and, and maybe sometimes it plays gangbuster great and sometimes you're like, well, this scene is not quite working. Maybe we should, say, let the music play even though it's an action scene and just take out the sound effects just for the dramatic purpose or if you want to make it more real and, you know, more um, of the sounds and maybe less of the music, things like that, that uh, I thought it's really... You know, it's good to see it all coming together and the process of how it comes together. Um, 
yeah, and, and I don't know. Oh, and also because oh, uh, you know, when I was working in Singapore when I first started um, in like radio TV commercial, the way that we work, I think it's a bit similar to radio TV commercial work here is that um, one sound person is in the studio and uh, he or she is uh, in charge to, um, you know, like a one-man band almost. Like um, they would record the talent, edit them, edit the music, edit any needed effects, work, and mix them all together also with like a backfield of producers, you know, um, to give you like... ideas and directions and stuff so I was used to that environment and to kind of like you know pre-make stuff so so I was also interested to see how it you know all come together and any you know tips that I could learn from right while on stage yeah the thing you mentioned about swapping a whole sound effects sequence for music instead that's probably going to be hard the first couple times it happens eh when you like painstakingly edited it and then you're like it's not working <laughs> gotta let go yeah I, I, I guess when, when when moments like that first came up you know if it does come up like oh this one moment does the music should, should swell more and, and maybe the effect should be not as much of a main player here and stuff you know um it's painful but if like I think of it uh, like on the big picture that's one of the things like say um I like to mix the work that I have done that I have designed or edited um, because um, it's kind of like a weird challenge to me, but I think I enjoy it because I have mental thought as I'm in the editing phase. Right. And then once I'm like in the mixing chair, I may have to think of things like a different way, just basically not be as precious about the sounds that I had spent months on and to, to think of, you know, like the same thing like the think of what's best for the scene uh, as a whole uh, because I could be working all those months but with like temp um, music or whatever that um, by the time we hit the stage it could be all fully scored and with like the composers you know um, final score and stuff and the vibe and all that that's different things play differently and um, so so I find that I enjoy it that um, just have to you know not think like every little thing that I've done, you have to hear it. Um, so yeah, that's why I think I enjoy um, mixing the things I've done. And also if I'm doing these kind of like um, trials, you know, it's a little easier to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess. Yeah. I actually was wondering how, as a supervisor, when you're working in these reels, how do you keep it consistent? How do you keep it sound tone consistent when it's split amongst people and split into reels yeah um so typically you know like at the beginning of the of the project you know um as a supervisor besides like reading the script and then um have a a discussion with the director about that that film and um if they have any like inspirations even like for the sound of it if there's any film references or anything, or even when I read the script, I may like mark down things that like things that maybe if there's budget for it that we could record, or if it's like location based for the backgrounds and stuff, um, or period time period. Um, so I'll make all those notes, and typically I've kind of write them down in my like little pointer notes, 
and um, before the show starts, um, sometimes, you know, typically I try to, like, if I could, um, do a really quick rough, like, pulling of, like, effects backgrounds, like, a little simple kit to start off with for the film that then uh, we'll provide to the editors, and um, I'll give them, like, um, you know, rough general guidance on like say oh this film we would want to hear more on the details of the background so go ahead and spend more time there um or that you know this film we we would want things to be say like say you know certain directors they may want things like a very uh not as polished hollywood sound uh, more gritty documentary like more real like what's in the production so anything that we add on you know has to have this greediness to it and if we wanted to use sounds to to have some effect in the scene we we have to do it like um not as like um in your face about it it's more like you know picking just more of a subtle way of doing it um by like say using like crickets or cicadas that slowly goes up in pitch um, just for some tension or danger or uh, taking them out before. Kind of like a little spaghetti western. Like uh, the sounds all kind of goes away when the danger comes and stuff. Um, um, but one way or another, um, for me, I typically would, besides doing some of the scenes or whatever myself, um, I would take all the editor's reels and I would go over them and do adjustments or whatever that's needed just to make sure things are kind of similarly in style taste. It's a lot of work. <laughs> wow, kudos for supervising. <laughs> yeah, it's just fortunate with, I guess, with American filmmaking, I guess that's not like super independent. Um, that's enough budget in it to give people time for it. And so um, we're right. fortunate, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if I could ask a, a slightly personal question. Like, <laughs> feel free to, yeah, feel free to just be like, no, I don't want to answer that. But like, since you've been, since this whole thing started, you watching films with your dad, do you now call your dad and you're like, hey, guess what? Uh, this film you like, uh, I've done it and all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not not really. Do um, not gloat. You should gloat. I don't know if they care too much about it. Especially once I've supervised, I haven't been working on, say, um, huge uh, blockbuster kind of films. Like, not. I haven't been working on, mm. like, huge superhero movies um, that, say, you know, would be, like, a worldwide um, hit. I've been working... I feel like I've been working more on, like, more of a indie... Mm genre or um something that doesn't have too much action or or no or otherwise it would be deadpool but i don't think i would want to tell my dad about deadpool because of the content i mean fair enough to... um but when i was like uh effects editor and stuff yeah, yeah like spider-man 2 and stuff um no i mentioned to my family about it and uh and no all, all said and done you know my mom and my grandma at the time was super su supportive and and they, they helped you know finance me to come here um, my um, mom and my grandma. Yeah, sometimes I would tell them certain movies I work on um, that I would think that they maybe they may have heard of there or have seen it there. But yeah, but since I've supervised, I haven't really 
worked on much things that um, that's a huge hit at the theaters there. Um, but I would kind of mention stuff to them, but you know, they are not that into, I mean, they do, my dad do like to watch like Hollywood films and stuff, but he's not like that into it. Like, Ooh, we watch all the Academy Awards and no. Oh, I see. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> like they don't know how cool you oh, are. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It kind of puts a whole perspective. It's kind of yeah. put the whole perspective on everything, you know. I mean, it's good to be like doing like all these like filmmaking stuff, but not curing um, cancer or something. <laughs> That's true. But you probably, I mean, mm-hmm. it's cool though. Movies are cool because they can they help so many people, you know, yeah, in yeah. ways you would never know. Um, but yeah, I yeah, guess totally. I guess we're not. Yeah, curing it's cancer. just maybe also because of language um, stuff. So they are not, you know, they don't really speak much. English so so it would typically be only like these like you know like when I worked on like Transformers or whatever then then I tell them um, right but yeah uh, yeah not much lately that would fall into those genres uh, right yeah but I do like to have a mixture of genres it's just um either schedule wise or different situations I haven't like um worked on one of those kind of films as a supervisor or mixer yeah. Why did you go into the indie stuff? Uh, do you prefer indie stuff over the like action stuff or? Um, yeah, the, I mean, you know, I do like a mixture of them. And um, originally, you know, I love a lot of action stuff and I still do. Um, I think I like a mixture of them because different genres like, you know, you can have indie, you can musicals, action or horror or animation they are in terms of sound um i flex different creative muscles i guess um and style stuff so i do like a mixture of them but i guess you know it would be really fortunate if i work on the movie that actually that i feel like um to me is like story-wise and character-wise um that i like um be it whatever genre Mm. it could be but sometimes you know um, with, as a sound person, as a supervisor, um, different opportunities may come, but sometimes, you know, you take um, what you think is the best that is available. One way or another, you know, um, I still try to put in like 100% of, of my effort into it, uh, no matter what it is, um, because my name is on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know why. Um, it just turns out, I guess I'd get more of the indie stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny how they're considered like indie but then they're like oscar movie you know it's like it's so it's funny yeah well you know it looked like lately nowadays with like academy films i guess i don't know if the the business is keeps changing but um a lot of them are pretty indie stuff yeah Eileen, you were in um, this movie that I love that, Daria, you need to watch. It's called Making Waves. It's a documentary on uh, like film sound. And Eileen, you're part in it. You're working, I guess, on Pro Tools and you're so fast at editing. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. It was like a B-roll. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, yeah, I, I would think a lot of people do it that way, too. So... I don't know. I was impressed. Oh, I love okay. that movie. I, I mean, if you I if you if you've been doing this, yeah, for a couple of years, I'm I'm sure. Then it's, it, it's it would just not be, that impressive. Yeah, 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Because yeah. I went through and I wrote down all the all the women sound editors' names because <laughs> I was so excited. You, know, you mean just, who like, are on that documentary? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, very nice of Mitch. And, yeah. It was uh, really good. Yeah. And, and you know, having seen Gary Reinstrom's story too, and um, Ben Bird's story and stuff. Or um, Walter Murch. Um, yeah, it's very inspiring. And it's good to, I guess, explain to the general audience uh, or even the rest of the filmmaking community about what we do since it's sometimes um, misunderstood or sometimes treated as like a, an afterthought in the whole filmmaking process because you know like many people say like sound is like half the movie going experience right. um, and um, it always interests me to work with um, filmmakers who know enough about sound to use that as a storytelling tool. Um, so in that case, can we talk about, like, is there a recent or maybe not so recent example where you really are so proud of what you got to do on it and, like, you felt very satisfied by the sound work you got to do? You know, that's a few, I guess. But I, I like to you know Wild, um, the work on Wild, um, directed by Jean-Marc Valley. And um, the work done on First Man, uh, directed by Damien Chazelle. They weren't really recent, but they kind of stood out just because WOW is such a, for me, um, a a unique take on using sound to put people in perspectives or for flashbacks back and forth in time. Uh, And then for First Man, it was just, um, again, also a unique position uh, in terms of sound work where, you know, the sound kind of, there's so many scenes that are solely relying on sound to kind of put the audience into like, like from the perspective of the astronauts through the launch and, you know, using like non-literal sounds sometimes to help build up the arc of it. Yeah. And, um, and, and able to like record um, a few, um, you know, rocket launches, like, all challenging, but um, they're all a little more of a unique, different experience um, for me um, that kind of stood out for me. Yeah. So what advice do you have for those who want to follow in your footsteps and, you know, do some sound effects and recording and supervising? I guess uh, if there's some short films or something that you could help out on um i think you know it's more about doing it more often um too that you kind of learn more about it like what would work what wouldn't um also you know if you're into like design or effect stuff maybe also nowadays people i see people like picking out scenes from movies or a trailer uh, from some video games um and like do their own take on it if you don't have you know someone who is gonna have a low budget short film that would you know need your help or anything on um and um record as many sounds as you can even if it's like a small simple recorder it's just about having it around you I mean you know that you happen to have it if you hear something interesting when you're out and about or um you know playing with plugins and stuff and uh also watch um movies or series 
or even video games or any kind of things that you feel like inspired or you you're like wow this really works you know maybe observe it more to see what part of it works or not and not that it's effective or you know what style like how the style how how do they make that sound um yeah and then meet people because a lot of it is who you know and um timing out when um someone maybe all their regular editors are busy and then they are desperate and they need help and then maybe you're there at the right time and um, obviously you need to have the right kind of like a demo reel sometimes um at least for effects guys um that would help a lot yeah and team player just be cool be a team player yeah do you feel like uh very full circle when you kind of think back to the fact that you gave yourself a year and you know now you're at this place in your career does it feel weird in some ways um I guess yeah yeah I mean you know it's definitely um we're we're lucky to be doing this and making a living of it so um yeah so it's definitely nice and you know fortunate to be working with a group of like talented people who are all very you know you know sometimes when you work as a team it almost becomes like a family so yes and with every movie sometimes it's a whole new learning experience not just about sounds this may be like you know you do some research about you know so it's the subject matter and you learn stuff um yeah so, yeah yeah it's fun business yeah yeah <laughs> it seems fun yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for no, taking the time you. it was so nice to talk to you yeah thank you thank you for listening to the sound girls podcast visit soundgirls.org for more information Looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? We're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.